are now live and on lockdown. Are you ready? Broadcasting from Edinburgh, Scotland and across the globe. Listen here. You're listening to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders podcast on Hearts on Live Radio with your host, Fraser Ramsey. Hi, this is Afia Letha from KingdomBeats.com. Proud to be a sponsor of Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders on HeartsOnLive.co.uk. Good evening and welcome to another Saturday night on HeartsOnLive.co.uk and another edition to Ramsey Unleashed, going beyond borders. And we have another special guest all the way from Maryland in America, uh, USA, just in case you didn't know what USA was. But yeah, it's Saturday night. It is the 1st of December, where you can pretty much officially... Bang out the Christmas tunes, you can pump them out, get them cranked up nice and loud and just blast them out, I love it. Especially when the Hotter Shop has been playing them since like September, it kind of gets a bit boring after a while. But it's now, if you hang off and you avoid it, you can start cranking up the, the Christmas tunes now and start playing them and getting into that festive mood. Especially when you've got the Advent calendars and you start opening your first day of the Advent calendar, if you like your Advent calendars. If you do Advent calendars in America, I wonder if they'll find soon find out. My guest today is Sharon Hargrove-Porter, so uh, we'll be talking about her. She also has her own show, and we'll be talking about what she does there. She's uh, certainly not shy but not not shy from interviewing people. Uh, she also interviewed me when I was in Philadelphia, so it's the shoes on the other foot this time. So, uh, no holds barred, she'll be unleashed. She may not come back, but, <laughs> but uh, we, will, we will welcome her to the show. It's great to have her, and it's great to have all these guests in the past. We are coming up to Christmas, we'll have some Christmas tunes and uh, I just want to say welcome to Sharon Hargrove-Porter. How are you doing? Hello, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm yeah. so excited to be here. I know. Now it's the shoes on the other foot now. I'm interviewing you, which is great. Hmm. <laughs> 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 oh no, what have I let myself into? Oh no. <laughs> <You're> thinking... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so how, how's your day been? How's things going? It's the 1st of December. How's things in Maryland? How's the, uh, you started your Christmas shopping yet? I have not. I have not. I've got to get on it. I've got to get on it. But it is a rainy day here in Maryland in the States. Um, kind of cool. And it's really beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Okay, yeah. So... It's certainly, it was nice to, obviously, catching up with you in Philly was great. It was, uh, happened to catch up with a lot of people in Philadelphia, and it was good fun. I enjoyed Philly. It's very like Edinburgh. Um, very, very... Absolutely. If you're coming to Edinburgh, you'd probably think, well, this is very like it. Philadelphia is like Edinburgh. It's very similar. Uh, just remind, it's just because you can walk around, it's... But my, as you say, my addiction to Wawa coffee has to come back at some point, so I've got an excuse to go back. <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> I love it. Wawa coffee. I can't. Do you have Wawa coffee? Well, no, it's brilliant. It is. I tell you. Oh, not not that I want to see anybody, but just so just to come back for Wawa coffee. So, sorry, I know I'm in Philly, but I'm just coming to get Wawa coffee. So if you want to meet uh, up, you know where to meet me. You'll find me <laughs> in a coffee shop <laughs> called Wawa. But uh, but yeah. Well, let's get uh, before we kick off into an interview. I thought, well, it, it is Christmas. And I like to get the Christmas tunes out, as I said, so I'm going to play our first nice big Christmas tune to get us in the mood. And we'll kick off with uh, talking about Sharon, talking about where she's from, a um, bit of background, and uh, we'll dive into the interview. But so uh, I think it's uh, time to get Christmassy and time to uh, enjoy. There'll be snow at Christmas They said there'll be peace on earth But instead it just kept on raining A veil of tears for the virgin birth I remember one Christmas morning A winter's light and a distant choir and the peal of a bell and that Christmas tree smell Eyes full of tinsel and fire The 
Charles from BenitaCharles.com, all the way from New York City. A special thanks to Heart Song Live for playing my music on their radio station. I'd like to wish everyone a happy holiday season and a happy new year. Welcome back to Hearts on Live. That was just getting in the Christmas mood, and then we're going to dive straight into my guest, Sharon Hargrove Porter, all the way from Maryland. How's it going? Are you, you you feeling Christmassy now? Are you getting in the mood? Absolutely, <laughs> I go. love it. <laughs> <laughs> to kick things off, so let's let's dive in. So let's talk about. Um, so Shannon, tell us, tell people who don't know who you are, where you're from, where you're born, brought up, kind of lifestyle, kind of get a background about who you are, etc. Absolutely. Well, I was born in North Carolina, which is in the southern part of the United States. Um, I was born and raised there, went to college there, um, and actually did not move into Maryland until after college. And, and I am right outside our nation's capital, um, in, uh, right outside of Washington, D.C. But I grew up as a advocate for education. Um, and so I became an educator, Fraser. Mm-hmm. I became an educator. Um, I was a teacher for several years. Um, I helped many other positions. I was an assistant principal and then ultimately a principal of elementary and middle school. Um, And I did that for several years. And right now, as a profession, I coach new principals and new assistant principals in my career and absolutely loving it and just loving everything that I'm doing with the entrepreneurship um, as well as my career. So let's elaborate, let's talk about, so where were you, where, you were born in North Carolina, yeah? Were you born in North Carolina? Yeah, and North so, Carolina, yeah. So let's talk about family life, uh, was your parents from, or kind of background, of kind of growing up school-wise, I mean, tell us a bit about life, was it good, bad, or indifferent? It was actually a great childhood, Fraser, it was actually great, you know, we, uh, I come from humble beginnings, but when I tell you that as I was growing up, I didn't know that you know, we probably didn't have everything <laughs> because I didn't want for anything. Um, I had a hardworking father who, uh, you know, would work two jobs and three jobs if he needed to. Um, my mom was able to stay home with us. So she was able to see us off to school, um, be home when we got home from school, have dinner ready. Uh, we had dinner at the dinner table um, growing up. 
So it was a wonderful, wonderful childhood, and, and the, I have no regrets. Siblings or anything? From brothers, sisters? I do. Yes, I do. I actually have an older sister who is actually here in Maryland with me. Cool. Um, and also, I have two younger brothers, um, and both one of them they're here in Maryland, and then my other brother is in North Carolina. He's actually in Beijing right now. Oh wow! Uh, nice. At Thailand, I think he's in Thailand right now. Cool. But yeah, he um, he lives in North Carolina, and so it was four of us. I have three um, nieces and nephews, um, and just wonderful. I have a bonus daughter. Uh, I'm married. I've been married for 16 years, mm-hmm. um, and I have a bonus daughter um, who is now in her 20s. Um, just doing everything so wonderful. I went to school in North Carolina for my undergraduate degree. Um, and just really enjoyed North Carolina. Um, I, I love Maryland as well, but I love the great state of North Carolina. What part of North Carolina were you actually in? Winston-Salem. So I was born in Winston-Salem, mm-hmm. born and raised, um, but I also lived in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is about an hour and a half from Winston-Salem. And then I also lived in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is in the same vicinity as Winston-Salem. And so um, I spent a lot of time, you know, growing up uh, around the state, um, grew up in the church. Um, my grandfather, um, a few uncles were preachers. Um, one particularly was my pastor mm-hmm. for most of my childhood. Um, and so I grew up with a strong belief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that has carried on through my adult life as well. What type of church was it? Yes. What type it of was, it's a non, uh, yeah, It's a non-denominational. Okay. Um, absolute. Cool. Non-denominational. And it's throughout the United States. Yeah, so it was a lot of non so it's just a sort of standard evangelical style church, really. Mm, yes. Yeah, cool. That's Absolutely. good. So, yes. you, so, yes. so, so you're involved in the church? Are you involved in the church anyway? I am. I'm involved in the church in Maryland, and I will say, I mean, actually in, in Washington, D.C., um, and I'm coming back. I just graduated, actually last year, I can't say just, but 2017, I graduated with my doctorate in education, and mm-hmm. so that was a three-year process, and for those three years, I was not doing anything. I, <laughs> so I wasn't able to participate, you know. Um, to really fully be engaged with my church activities or any of the social things that I would do normally. And then it took me another year to recoup from all of that work. So this is my year to get back into doing everything that I was doing prior to studying for my doctoral degree. And so Mm -hmm. I'm excited to get back and do the work that I know I'm supposed to do. So being a, so when did you start being a a head uh, principal, headmistress from of a school. Absolutely. So I start. So 2002, I became an assistant principal, and then 2007, I became head. I became the principal okay. of an elementary school. Uh, moved to middle school after that, and so yeah, I've been a principal of four different schools um, me- in Maryland and in North Carolina. Were you? Were you kind of? Were you? <laughs> I was gonna say were you? Were you kind of like people like turn sheet white when they go, oh no, I've got the headmistress office. Oh no, what have I done? <laughs> were they like scared? <laughs> thinking, uh oh. You know, I love to think that I really connected with my staff, with my students, with my parents, mm-hmm. um, in the community as a whole. Um, I enjoyed my time as a principal. Um, I really did, and and now I'm enjoying even more helping novice principals and assistant principals that truly is my passion Mm -hmm. and i'm just grateful that i have the opportunity to do that uh through uh my job it's a a very large school district here in maryland that i'm able to to do that every day so i'm very fortunate in that case that's good (laughs) you'll see the kids right you'd be naughty you're going to headmistress oh no don't don't don't, please So tell, tell us some stories about being obviously being a headmistress, being a principal. Can you tell us any stories that were really any was there really any bad kids or things or just really daft things that happened? Oh, you know, I'm gonna tell you one, and and I always say this. I grew up in North Carolina, mm. and I actually returned there in 2011 um, after my father passed. I, I went back mm-hmm. um, and spent about two and a half years there, and became principal. I was actually the first African-American principal um, at this particular school. Mm-hmm. And 
I did not really realize how prevalent um, racism still existed. And mm-hmm. so that was really from the community. And this is a community that I was very familiar with. I, I had not worked as an adult there, only went to school mm-hmm. through there. So it was very troubling. And, and I will preface that with not everyone. The community as a whole, the city as a whole, the town was awesome. I had very supportive staff, very supportive parents, and wonderful students. But I did encounter some individuals who were taken aback from having an African-American principal. And that was in 2011. So we're just talking seven years ago. And, um, and that has been uh, something that has just weighed very heavily on me. Right. Um, but I still, despite all of that, I have enjoyed, I enjoyed my time at that school. Cool. And I enjoyed my principal. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's good. Let's, um, we're going to play, I'm going to play a wee tune here. And we can uh, just uh, get in the Christmas mood. And you can tell us a bit about what you're doing. Obviously, after you're leaving from being a principal, when you obviously, just tell us a bit about how you got into your, doing about, no, to go, too much in the media because I know you do media and you're doing now teaching, but you've got a show as well. Okay. Uh, just yeah. uh, really, you're obviously doing quite a lot. I mean, I've seen you on Facebook. You're kind of you get how much since you've got a microphone in your hand. It's literally interviewing about twenty people <laughs> in about five minutes. Uh, it's like <laughs> quick grab. It's like they can't escape. <laughs> so. Is so I need you've got a we'll talk about that near the what you're doing obviously now but we can how you all go into this, some of that stuff and just your education go a bit more give us a bit more detail about just the challenges of doing it and the, the, obviously it's um being a principal is not an easy, it can be an easy job because obviously you're head and you've got to run a lot of stuff making sure every, all the boxes are ticked and, and things like that so you can dive in just. Tell people about more about it, etc. But we'll come back after we Christmas June just to get back in the mood, and you can have a be thinking about what you want to say next. And okay. uh, we'll actually play play we played there before. Played it a couple of weeks. We've got Rick Parma, and we've also got Andrew Sullivan. Uh, so we'll get into the the Christmassy mood with about Andrew Sullivan. So um, we can find his song. Hell, so ah, there we go. I'm blind as a bat with my reading glasses. That's the problem. Uh, it's just old age kicking in. So but anyway, I'll uh, be back after be back after this, okay? <laughs> okay. Would it be crazy if I gave you a call? If we talk for hours, we had a ball. It wouldn't be crazy. See, except that it's Christmas Eve. Would it be crazy if I took you out? We spent all our money all over town. It wouldn't be crazy. Except that it's Christmas Eve. It might be foolish or insane, but I've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. No jingle bells, no. No tree can really give me what I want this Christmas Eve. Would it be crazy if I gave you a ring? We found some preachers, finished this thing. It wouldn't be crazy except that. Christmas Eve Would it be crazy if I took you home And started from right now we were never alone It wouldn't be crazy except that 
Christmas Eve It wouldn't be crazy except that It's Christmas Eve Well, that was uh, Andrew Sullivan. Would it be crazy? It's Christmas Eve. It's the kind of type of tune you could uh, smooch with your uh, under the mistletoe with your partner uh, this Christmas. But anyway, uh, we're back with Shannon Hargrove Porter and all the way from Maryland, uh, USA. Just in case you know where that is, it's not far from Philadelphia, Baltimore, kind of side New Yorkish. Just kind of just in case you're looking for your geography lesson. But anyway, uh, we are talking teachers, so we might as well <laughs> we'll go into geography. How are you doing, Sharon? Still there? Still coping? Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She's fallen asleep. She's fallen asleep already. She's fallen. No, asleep. no, no, no. Bad at all. <laughs> Quick, get the coffee. Get the wah wah. I'm shouting too loud in the microphone. Get the Gay, I'm vibrating in my ears. I'm shouting too loud. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, okay. So, where were we? We were talking about, yes. Tell us what it's like to run a school. You know, it is very rewarding. Um, you know, I, first of all, I loved being in the classroom and, and having that impact on students. But as head of school, um, your influence and your impact grows much further. Um, and so, you know, you get to work with parents, you get to help develop teachers. Um, you also get to interact with the community um, and to really make a difference because the bottom line is engage and increase student achievement. Um, and so that's our main goal as educators. And so as head of school, I'm able to make that greater impact throughout the community and not just in a classroom. So I absolutely enjoyed that and, and, and love the work of that that I do. Uh, I'm an advocate for education and uh, will continue to be a champion for mm. our children. Cool. Did you, is, is the regulations, running a school, you got a lot of regulations in the schools, obviously with the health and safety, kids, and I know nowadays it gets more crazier and crazier like in our day when we went to school when you it was cold outside yeah. you just got out in the playground and you and you're doing your break <laughs> you just you froze for like half an hour you ran around daft you got warmed up you came back in if you fell okay you got a plaster on it or band-aid <laughs> you were fine but now everything's all cotton wool so all the, <laughs> all the kids it's all right it's raining it's raining outside you gotta stay in you gotta stay in you get wet you might get yeah. cold you might get a cold okay. i'm sorry <laughs> You might, <laughs> but what? How do you find that? I mean, obviously the regulations. Every you, you can't, you, obviously you can't breathe. You can't say boo to them. You may, you may offend them in the case they got a complaint. I mean, how did you find that with all you know, us? And, and that is so true, and even more so. But you know, we didn't see as much. Um, it was a lot when I was um, head of school back. You know, a few years ago, I've been out of the schoolhouse now for five years. But even within that five-year time period, things have changed tremendously, especially with the aid of social media. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because now everything, of course, is being recorded <laughs> and shown. And so you have to really account for that um, when children are involved. You know, if there's a fight at the school, somebody pulls out a cell phone and they're recording. And so then you have, um, you know, the debate before it's even gets to be investigated. You know, people are already drawing conclusions as to what should happen or what did happen. And so with the increase of social media, things have become a bit sticky, I would say. Right. And so it really times have changed definitely from you know when we were in school but even more so just from when i was uh principal just five years ago things have changed tremendously mm -hmm. and so it's really it really takes a skilled individual um to be effective as a head of school it really does do you think the stuff is how do you think the way things have changed now is it better or worse for teachers Oh, you know what? I, I, I have to be honest and say worse. Um, I just I think that um, teachers just cannot really catch a fair break right now. You know, you have gone to you're in a society where a lot of times there's not hands on approach with parents that, you know, a lot of good parenting is not necessarily going on. Um, and so there was a time, you know, when the parents and the teachers, they were all on the same 
page, right? Yeah. Um, and so the discipline was consistent. You know, you didn't disrespect the teacher because you knew that you would have to deal with your parents. But now you have parents that are, you know, fighting or arguing or debating with the teacher um, as well as the student. And so it's very, it, it becomes challenging. And that's not in all cases, um, but in a lot of cases, you know, teachers are really faced with um, barriers and challenges to teaching. It's a different day. It's just as simple as that. It's, it's not the old days <laughs> when you could demand respect and, and respect was given as a teacher. It's just not so anymore. Um, and, but also, you have to look at it on the teacher side. You also don't have a lot of teachers that are totally committed like they were back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, you have now I know many teachers who are um, very committed, but then you do have some and it's difficult to uh, maybe get them out if needed. Um, so it, it's a two way street, you know, the committed teacher, the highly qualified and effective teacher, as well as that parent or student who is committed to doing what they need to do um, to have the, the learning take place. Okay. Do you think uh, kids are just too wrapped, are too wrapped up in cotton wool now? And you just, they're just, they can't, there's just no, and do you, nowadays in schools, all the kids tend to be taught you win even if you lose and there's not there's no like teaching kids these days of win that to lose that you have to try and win so you can develop and grow in life as when you so now every child these days when they grow up they're going to just know that when it comes to losing they're not going to ha know how to handle losing because it just these days right. everybody wins what's your thoughts on that um yeah absolutely a lot of concessions are made for students these days i would say and it's not real life um because you're not going to always get that break or get that do over or um, what have you as an adult and i think that we as um educators um, have a commitment to our students to really prepare them for society, to prepare them to live in this world, um, and, and that it's not a sense, a false sense of what the world really is. And so um, I think there can be a little more integration of that. We have to have compassion also, and we know that we learn through our setbacks and failures. So I'm not saying that students shouldn't have uh, opportunities to go back and correct and, and do things over, but there should be limitations to that. Uh, because if they are working in a job and, you know, something is not done right, it is very possible that they will be fired from that job mm -hmm. and will not be given another opportunity. So I just think we need to mirror society a little more um, in our schools. That's good. So tell us a bit about, obviously now you, you, you left, you've left as principal, what did you do afterwards when you left? Absolutely. So I am the CEO and owner of Perfect Time SHP, which is a coaching, consulting, and book publishing firm. And I absolutely love it. I coach people to write books um, and I publish books. I specialize in the anthology um, mm. and that's where individuals come together to write a book with a common theme. Um, and so I have published now, I want to say eight books with five more um, that will be out within the next few months. Five. I'm really excited about that. Yes, I'm really excited. Five other, uh, my first client that I published hit number one on Amazon. Um, hmm. You don't know our stories from Trials to Triumph. Um, that was my first client published, and so I'm so excited about that. Um, in addition to that, I am the founder of the Grind Entrepreneur Network. That's where I work with um, aspiring and emerging entrepreneurs as well as educators who also would like to become entrepreneurs, which I call my edupreneurs. Um, that's the Grind Entrepreneur Network. In addition to that, I host four podcasts. I love podcasting. <laughs> that is a true passion of mine. And it basically is for educators, for authors, and for entrepreneurs. And then finally, as you mentioned, I have a live studio show. The I Am Dr. Sharon Show. That is a weekly interview show where I interview, again, with my three focus which is educators, authors, and entrepreneurs. And we also have community members as a part of that interview process. 
And I've only been doing that for almost a year. It hasn't even been a year yet, Fraser. Not even a year yet. It'll be a year in January. So let's go to the books. So you become an author, you're coaching. So are you just right? You see, I mean, what tell us some of the books that you've been involved in, the stories or what they're about, some of the people that have written stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, but more in depth. Absolutely. The, yes, the first one is Next in Line to Lead, and that was a book with nine assistant principals um, who were aspiring to become principals. Um, that one, um, all of them are available on Amazon, but they actually detailed their journey. Um, as they prepare to uh, become principals. Mm -hmm. And they were from all over the United States. Um, actually, two of them now are now sitting principals. So we're really excited about that. One, uh, Damon Quall in South Carolina, and then Dr. Nodula Solomon, who's in New Jersey. They are both principals currently. Um, the second one was Class of 2017, What's Next? Um, that was a book where I featured uh, nine, no, 15 graduates from 2017. Um, and that was high school graduates as well as college graduates. And again, they just shared their information on getting to that sacred graduation day. Um, the next one I would mm -hmm. love to talk about is Women Who Lead, Extraordinary mm -hmm. Women with Extraordinary Achievements. This featured 21 phenomenal women from all walks of life industries we had engineers we had medical doctors we had educators uh, we had hr professionals we had speakers authors 21 dynamic women wow. um, to really share their story uh, we also had an, uh, a u.s actress and and uh, singer maria howell mm -hmm. um, she's been on uh, several shows uh, she starred in The Color Purple, um, the movie that was here with um, Whoopi Goldberg started All in right. it. Uh, if you're in, yes, and so she's one of the authors. Cool. Uh, but it really is a phenomenal book, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that's just now my passion is making sure others get published. So my focus now is no longer me writing the books. I'm helping others write and publish their work. That's brilliant. What? Um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought there. I was going to think of someone else, but no, I changed. It's not. Think no, no. This just you you're so you know when you're interviewing somebody, you think, I'm working on it. okay, right? No, that, that won't work. And you you're kind of like, nah, maybe not. You're, you're sort of thinking of what to, the questions in your head, and you're thinking, no, that doesn't that won't work. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> maybe not. And you're kind of like having to twist. Oh, it's like oh, it's, it's oh, it's crazy. You know, you know, the, you do the, the the dramas of interviewing people yourself. You're sitting there thinking, right, okay. Um, but yeah, um, I've just completely, I'm drumming, ah, oh, brain and gear. Hang on, just back, back it up, Fraser. Get my gear, got to back it up, back it up. But you're doing that, exactly. My The client's book, who I um, just recently published, she went on a three-book tour. You don't know my stories. From Trials to Triumph, Michelle B. Hauser was the visionary author for that. And that one was really impactful. They shared stories where they've gone through so many things throughout their life, but yet they come out victorious and triumphant. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was a, my first client publication. So I'm really excited about that one. But the, the actress, this, it must be a nice achievement having a Hollywood actress, somebody who's being an author as well as a. Uh like a famous film, The Color Purple. Yes. That must be exciting. It's very exciting. We actually uh, went to Winston-Salem State together, my undergraduate, and we're also a part of the same sorority, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Um, and so I was very fortunate to have her share her story um, of, you know, her difficulty in the entertainment industry because, you know, so many people look at it and think that it's easy and that's the life to have. But, you know, they don't know all the backstory that it takes, you know, to get these parts, to, you know, um, to become, to get in these movies and, and try, you know, do all these things. So it's a very impactful story. That's cool. So you're, you've, how many clients have you actually got? How many clients or how many people have you got to publish their own books? I mean, now have you, you've done the one... How many have you got? Yeah, the, uh, right, you don't know our stories. It's the first one. I'm actually working with five currently. Five currently, um, right, okay. And that's people who are going to publish five. their own book. Yeah. 
Yeah, five currently. And so um, one will be out very soon, cool. um, like within the next few weeks. Um, and then two of them will be out early 2019. Cool. Um, and then I actually just signed on one last night um, mm. after my discovery session. That one is coming out in June. So I'm really, my goal um, by 2019, by the end of 2019, is to have 20 books um, published of others. That's so I'm, I'm, on, I'm on, that, on that trajectory. <laughs> That's nice. That's good. That's good. So already, yes. we're going to um, open our Christmas gym, Rick Parma's. Um, I wanna, you, you're, you're a host of four podcasts. Yes. How do you, four podcasts? Just <laughs> one. Wait, managing one can be interesting, but four. <laughs> no. Are you thinking? Must be nuts. <laughs> four. <laughs> oh, but we'll talk about each individual podcast and what they're all about. And uh, after Rick Palmer's. Uh, it's Christmas again, jazz, plenty, lots of top artists that we've been developing through Ram. And just a quick question: How did you find Ramsey Unleashed going beyond board? How did you find the network, the people out there? Absolutely. With um, how did I find? Um, well, not me, but how did you, how'd you like it? That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> I, uh, Absolutely. Oh my God, it's it's so unbelievable. Um, I'm so grateful for you. Oh, so grateful for the network. It's, uh, well, any day it's all about. It's the thing about business. I, li- I like connecting. I like networking. I like people to connect with people. Absolutely. And if you can do business, that's the main thing. If you can get some business, happy that's days. That's the that's what it's about. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's all about sh- keep uh, supporting each other and sharing. And uh, that's what the best thing. But we'll come back after. We'll talk about those four podcast four podcasts. Must take you all night to edit. But we'll be back uh, after. <laughs> so I'm just going to. Uh, do you get sleep? Maybe not. No. Anyway, I'll uh, be back. I'll be back. Rick, Rick Palmer. Rick Palmer, the man with the. Uh, uh, it's Christmas again, so we'll get yourself in the Christmas. We'd get uh, try not get, fall asleep on this one. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm winding you up. I'm winding you up. <laughs> we'll be back after Ricky B. Back in a minute.
Sophia from Frame Your Day with Afia Leeds, and I'm super excited to announce Position for Better 2018 is finally here. You asked for it, so here it is. Four days of learning and getting positioned for better. November 27th to the 30th. We're going to do it online so everybody can get in. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, in the four days, you'll learn how to find the perfect partner, four steps to help you find your purpose, why failing is okay, and how to fail forward, how to frame a winning mindset, and we're going to get financial tips for better financial health with financial educator, Jacoya Landry. Materials will be provided along with some other goodies. Now, to register, head over to afeelethem.com forward slash workshops and don't miss it okay don't miss it head over to afeelethem.com forward slash workshops and get ready to be positioned for better position for better 2018 don't miss it you're listening to edinburgh scotland's must listen to podcast on heartsonglive.co.uk your inspirational station Welcome back to Ramsey and Lee Screen. We are Borders on HeartsOnLive.co.uk with my guest Sharon Hargrove Porter from Maryland, USA. So, Sharon, um, tell us, um, tell us about your podcast. Four podcasts. What was your first one that you started? <laughs> now four. Mm. This is nuts. But this is can I just start with the first one. <laughs> Why is the book now? Interview podcast show. So say again. Oh, you there? We're gonna oh, yes, oh, write sorry. the book now interview. Oh, we have interview. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, sorry. write the book now interview and mm-hmm. podcast show. Cool. Um, I have a three uh, where we focus on educators, authors, and entrepreneurs, and so that's really how my live show started. Um, my first one, of course, was write the book now. And I just uh, focus on authors for that one. Um, they share about their books. I first, I review the book. Mm-hmm. Um, every um, author that comes on, I have read the book. And so I'm asking questions, you know, about um, the, the whole writing of the book and the story without giving too much information away because we always want them to buy the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the Grind Entrepreneur Network Spotlight. Mm-hmm. which I feature entrepreneurs and business owners. Um, and, and this one really stemmed from, I was in network marketing mm-hmm. prior to uh, t- coming to be an entrepreneur. And I just did not find um, that people were very supportive. And that was really before I knew that I really needed to get out and network and find my tribe, you know, find the people that were for me. Um, versus, you know, trying to make people, you know, your mm-hmm. friends and family support you. Um, because as new entrepreneurs, that's what we tend to do. We go to that warm market um, for people we know and then try to get that support. But we can't sustain that. You have to build your tribe. You have to build your following and keep that going. And so that's what I do with the Grind Entrepreneur Network Spotlight. I simply highlight and feature entrepreneurs. And, and I definitely have featured entrepreneurs from across this world. So it's just been absolutely exciting. And then the last two are both educational. Right. Um, Leadership Matters, um, which I interview uh, educational leaders, um, superintendents of school, principals, um, higher education uh, professionals. I interview them um, based on their experience of leadership development because that's my focus um, for education. 
and actually throughout entrepreneurship as well as leadership development. And then leadership reflections is a single. Uh, it's just me reflecting on something that I've read, something that I've come across, and just me taking my spin on it and, and giving basically my educated opinion about what it is. And it could be a video. It could be something that has struck a chord for me. And I just come on and share that information. I truly, truly love podcasting, but that's how I got into my life in studio show. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to then combine all of that under one roof onto that hour show every Sunday from 10 to 11. And so I enjoy podcasting. You know, I started out by just wanting to uh, because I listen to podcasts mm -hmm. all the time. And I remember driving, saying, oh, wow, I would love to be on a podcast. And then something just hit me. Why don't you have your own podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did. And that goes back to, Fraser, when I always say that you can't wait for opportunities. You have to create opportunities. Exactly. And, um and so that was one of that was an aha moment for me because I, I remember distinctly driving down the road and and just saying, oh, my God, I would love to be on a podcast. And I didn't really know where to start back then. Um, but then I decided, you know, I'm going to start my own. <laughs> and it just really trans just transferred from that. And so I absolutely Love it. Uh, it has really taken on a whole new meaning, it seems like. You know, we see more and more people um, having podcast shows, but there's still room because, again, everybody has their own tribe. So, yes. you know, people seem to think that it's oversaturated, but no, people will listen to who they want to listen to. And so... Well, you know, I always say, yeah, you just jump and do what you want to do and don't worry about it. The following will come. Yeah, exactly. But podcasting, there's, I mean, it's just the new, it's the new thing. I mean, it's not really the new thing. It's been around for a while, but it's now right. ta it's taking off rather than the mainstream media exactly. radio station because internet radio podcasting is the way forward because it's just, well, there's less, uh, there's less sort of regulations. But over here, there's sort of a bit more flexible what you can say and get away with. Maybe in America, there's not. But uh, you're a little bit more, some way flexible. You can maybe be a little bit on PC or <laughs> you get away with it just. Yeah. So, but uh, maybe a bit slightly different, different there. But uh, hey, but that's the good thing about podcasting. You're a bit more flex free. Um, right. Obviously, when you, so you can't, there's things that are like a proper radio station, like you can't really say and not say uh, because you're getting into trouble. So, and uh, you gotta knock at the door and say, excuse me, did you do this? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But um, yeah, so it's um, yeah, so it's the the reg it's a bit more, it's more popular doing podcasts because you're more free. And I think you, the good thing about podcasts because yeah. everyone is on the go these days, and everyone's so fast paced. You want to be able to listen to them while you're not really you don't have time to sit and listen to the radio. You want to listen to podcasts while you're on the move, uh, and that makes it. That's probably why the good thing about podcasts are getting more popular each day. Um, yep. So the, the kind of people you interview, I mean, you interview, I see you interviewing with your, and you, you were doing a platform that you've kind of rebranded, you've not rebranded, but you've kind of got the own, your own brand now, the Dr. Sharon yes, Show, because you kind of went transitioned yes. a little bit recently. <laughs> I did, absolutely. And so what I've done, so my show, the I Am Dr. Sharon Show is on every Sunday, right? right. And so it's a mixture of all the things, again, that I focus on, educators, authors, and entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing now, I'm rolling out a sequence of specialized segments. And so the first one that I'm rolling out is my educational segment, which is going to, which is called Education First. And so what I've done, I have four other co-hosts that are what I call powerhouse educators who will be coming along with me and we are going to be dealing with the hot topics in education today. And so uh, it's a variety. I have Kalisa Wing, um, who is going to be a co-host, Dr. Essie McCoy, who's going to be a co-host, Dr. Anna Santiago, as well as Desmond Williams. Um, these are all proven, wonderful educator leaders um, who will be pulling out 
the stops for educational topics. So it's going to be awesome. And for each month, I will be rolling out an entrepreneur segment as well as an author segment. And so it's going to be fantastic. So, yes, I have. I've, I've shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be going into my second year doing this in January. And so I wanted to um, just put a different spin on it um, than I've had. So I'm really excited about that. The launch is December the 14th um, here in the States, mm-hmm. um, the launch celebration. And then that first show is going to be Sunday, December 16th at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern time um, on UrbanStyleMedia.com. So it's going to be exciting because I have wonderful co-hosts. Um, to uh, to go through that, so it's going to be wonderful. Thank you for mentioning that. I <laughs> know, yeah, I know, it's a big rebrand. So because uh, you were sort of vacant for a little bit, then you had to because the rebrand you've kicked off and now ready to rock and roll. You know, yes, um, yes. If we, as I say, if, if any of your authors, the people that you're obviously working with, your clients, as I say, the, op- the door is open if they want to be able to talk about their books once they're published, uh, once they're oh, is out awesome. there, they can come on the show and be that's get their, awesome. Get their voice in Scotland, as I say. I mean, if they're interested in connecting with the, the group or the kind of the messenger chat, and if they don't mind That's their awesome. if they don't mind their phone uh, pinging every three <laughs> seconds, uh, because because it gets busy. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? But it's wonderful. Though. You know, we have a very, very active group. Yeah, well, in, in the days, people we're all like minded. We all want to grow and develop, and that's the good thing about it. And People might be thinking, oh, crumbs, my phone's going off. Like it's, 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 like, it's like a heart monitor in the hospital. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, stop, stop. So it's, um, but yes, the good thing is, it is very active, and that's what makes, that's a healthy business networking group. And that's right. That, and that's what it was about in the day. It's about getting business. And if you're, as I say, if you're authors or people that you're, your clients, as I say, uh, we'd be interested in getting to know more people and networking and having their yeah. book or brand in Scotland. Uh, hey, no doors open. Just get, get them to connect with me, have a chat, and we can hook them up, you know? Absolutely. I would definitely do that. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's about sharing the brand, sharing you, supporting each other, and as I say, it's bringing the opportunity that you may never have to your being yes. your opening door to Scotland, really. You're coming to Scotland, you know? Bring your brand. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, so uh, that's the thing. That's what it's about. It's about supporting. That's what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, absolutely. it's all good fun, you know. So tell us, uh, what's your plans for the future? What you want to aim for? What's your sort of goals? Absolutely. Um, so the biggest thing, Fraser, that's mm-hmm. coming up soon is the opening of my firm, my brick and mortar um, coaching firm and my own studio. Mm-hmm. I am so excited about the perfect time SHP studio opening. Um, and so it will be soon. It will be in the spring of 2019. Um, and so I will actually have a place where my local clients can come and I can conduct business as well as a my own studio and so I'm really I mean I've been uh, anticipating this now for several months I've had a few setbacks um, but one thing about me my motto is keep grinding Um, I don't believe in stopping Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um, it's like I said it's been a uh, you know a few hiccups but we are moving on and i am believing and trusting that you know in the spring of 2019 we will be open for business so that's really my main goal and continue um to publish the work i love this newfound what i call freedom you know i work a full-time job but i am so excited when it's time to leave that and get to my clients Mm -hmm. so it, it has just been such reward for me to do this and so i'm really excited to continue that and offer my services to aspiring authors who want to get their work published and i will say without outrageous pricing that is my specialty i do not believe in that um and i don't first of all i don't knock people who charge a lot (laughs) for that because people are paying it but fraser my thing is i am um absolutely reasonably priced when it comes to getting these books out so you think? Um, i definitely encourage your mm-hmm. viewers and i mean your listeners if they are wanting to get their book published mm-hmm. please contact me definitely when it comes to i mean 
there's okay. There's a lot of people out there doing live streaming and coaching, and they have prices for things, which is yeah. And when you're no, you're talking about reasonable price. Do you mind saying reasonable price? What would you say is a reasonable price to you? Well, it just depends. Uh, it just depends on what they're what they are offering. And I do offer um, traditional publishing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, with traditional publishing, because you should not with a traditional publisher, you should not buy, you should not be paying to get your book published. Right. Um, and that's where people are falling very short on. Right. And so I offer traditional publishing. So if I, you know, if I believe in your story, I believe in what what the work is you're doing, mm-hmm. um, then you come and, and, and we cut a deal and you don't have any upfront costs. Mm-hmm. And so um, that you just don't find, you know, unless you go to unless you shop around at one of the big publishing companies. Right. Okay. Um, but all the. Um, you know, just the coaching and, and publishing that are occurring now, they're charging people thousands of dollars. And I just think that's it's overrated for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just that's one of the things that I specialize in um, with Perfect Time Publishing is that we're reasonably priced and you can actually come to the table without putting a dime down and mm-hmm. getting your book published. I what, make that happen. <laughs> what, 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 what do you think? Just a quick question. What do you think on? You, know, you do see not you do see a lot of people when they do live streams and they say if you buy this course, it will cost you ninety nine dollars. But uh, then you got like only got about two days to sign up, and if you don't sign up, it goes up to like oh, three hundred dollars. Yeah. You're thinking, so, what's the difference between ninety nine dollars and three hundred? Okay. You're getting the same stuff. What's I mean? Yeah. We, so we, what that's what they're trying to do they're trying to take so first of all we know that in the coaching business we encourage people to take action like that's mm-hmm. the thing we want to work with people who know what they want right and so mm-hmm. people capitalize on that yeah um and I, i'm just not one for that um, yeah. i don't do the um uh, yeah, I just don't do that. But again, please understand, I'm not knocking people no, to no, do that. No, no, just a... um, right, but um, they they capitalize on the whole take action mode, mm-hmm. and um, and I just I just don't believe that because I feel like yeah, you should take action, but people also need some time to process to see if they can really um, if they really want to do it, if they really can afford to do it. And so I just I just don't believe in that pressure. Right. You know, you got to get it tonight by midnight or it's going to go up. You yeah. know, I, I'm just not a fan of that type of concept. Right. Um, but, yeah, people do it all the time. And it's just it's, it's, it's really a technique that they use. And it's based off of the take action technique. Right. OK. Um, but, yeah, I'm not I'm not uh, a fan of that. Cool. Well, we're, time is running out. We'll use, give us a closing segment, wow. and, uh, wow. it, and you can uh, close up and give us any words of wisdom or Christmas messages you want to share with people. And you go. <laughs> Absolutely. First of all, I just want to say happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everyone. And I'm so excited to have my voice in Scotland. I am just so grateful to you. Um, praise you for opening up this opportunity. Um, and definitely, um, if your listeners are there, please follow me across social media at I am Dr. Sharon, and that's Dr. Sharon. I am Dr. S H A R O N on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. And definitely, if you are in need of publishing, if you are um, wanting to write a book, definitely contact me. I can make it happen for you um, with less than you think. So, Fraser, thank you so much. And we're going to be, we'll have all your links in the show notes afterwards uh, where people can connect with you from website to Instagram, Facebook, whatever, wherever you, you your links are so people can connect with you. And uh, hopefully, okay. yeah, you'll get some business out of it, etc. Some phone calls or blah, blah, blah. You never know. So, to everyone who's been listening, thank you to my guest, Sharon. So, thank you for coming on and thank you for being part of uh, short notice as well. Thank you for my... my People can be busy, um, but thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, and, uh, it's been good. It's been it's been a bit of a it's been a bit nuts, but fun and great. It's been great. It's been <laughs> being uh, interviewed, a bit, not being interviewed, interviewing Sharon because uh, she interviewed me. Uh, we did a video thing live on Facebook in Philadelphia, and yeah. so um, I got my lift, not my Uber, got a lift to 
the hotel <laughs> she was doing she was doing some stuff and then we sat in the one the lobby one of the lobby parts of the restaurant and we you know, I can't be ah, you interviewed me. It's it quite fun. It's quite, I can't, I can't it's so long ago, it was actually two months ago already. It's scary, right. scary how time flies, uh, to say the least. But anyway, uh, thank you for being on the show. And to everyone, um, it is the 1st of December. I hope you're, uh, whatever you're doing, it's uh, prepping for Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, Happy New Year when it comes. As I say, till next time, we will. Uh, next week is Aaron Rigdon from Canada, singer songwriter. Look forward to uh, chatting to him and uh, we'll catch up with you later. So uh, take it easy and good night.